This battle is not against flesh and blood. In order to get up on the ring, imagine a boxing ring and many people that go to church are not actually in the battle. They are spectators that are wearing blindfolds and have no idea that a spiritual battle is even occurring for their own soul and for their loved ones and for the world. And we have to wake up and understand where we are. We are in the very last days of this age. It is midnight and he comes as a thief at an hour that we do not expect. He is coming to give the world judgment. And the Bible says that there will be so many dead from all nations across the world that did not take heed to the warning bells, to the trumpets going off, and they did not repent of their sins. And we are, this judgment from the Lord is at the very doors. And if we are going to succeed victoriously, not only for our own souls, but take battleground, we have to repent of our sins. That's why, personally, I've been talking about repentance for years on this podcast, because there's no point in going any further unless we have covered that far. But for people still, or people listening, for anyone really, I want to start talking about spiritual warfare and how to gain ground. We, okay, let's take it back to a story um, I experienced when I was in my 20s. I was not living a life unto the Lord in all areas of my life. And I had met a person at a dance um, function, and I had allowed that person to come over to my house, and um, there was an interaction between us that wasn't holy. And I, six months later, I was sleeping, and I um, thought, I didn't think of this person, sorry. I dreamed of this person, a very terrifying dream, and I shot up out of bed at 3 a.m. completely petrified from the vision of this person that I had met six months earlier and let them into my house. And as I woke up and I looked at my phone, I received a text message from this person at 3 a.m. saying the words, let me into your house. And I wrote back and I, I actually conversed with this person for quite a few minutes. And I said, no, I won't let you in. In the name of Jesus, I will not let you in. And this person was laughing on text messaging and saying, I'm ready to come inside your house right now. I'm outside your door. And I knew that this was a demon. And I wish I hadn't wasted time talking to a demon. But that is what they are trying to do they are trying to come into your house and your children's houses everyone's houses and into your spirit house is what i mean they're they are trying to come into your house the adversary 
Now, there are all sorts of different kinds of demonic spiritual forces and different levels and different powers and different levels of evils. <clears throat> and many people that go to church have demonic oppression. Doesn't I'm not saying that you are possessed. There are different levels of being oppressed before full-on possession occurs. And I know because I experienced a lot of demonic oppression and even some perhaps possession when alcohol was being manifested. Um, if you've ever seen someone blackout drunk, that is when the spirits, and that is what the alcohol is called, spirits, takes over. And it's really whatever demonic um, stronghold they have being that whatever demons or demon is oppressing them while they are um, sober will fully manifest itself when they are blackout drunk as the spirits take over the person's spirit so and I I would say that many people in this dark dark time the unclean spirit has gone out and we are in a much darker place than we could even fathom spiritually because what, what makes it so dark is that evil has become one with good. It's hard to tell evil from good anymore in the general public eye because the church has harlotted herself with the world. Pastors have traded the gospel for a brand. Pastors have showed um, perjury in the law, which is they've changed the law and the covenant of God, the holy covenant of God, to make it easier and more comfortable for church attenders to attend so that they will keep coming. And what will they get if they keep coming? Their tithe. So what we are tithing now is money and believing that that is an acceptable offering to God. But that is actually not what God is looking for in when he chooses those that will enter into heaven with him. He's looking for a sold out heart that is void of sin. And churches and pastors saying, we're the imperfect church, come here. That is a recipe for hell and destruction, my friend. No, we are all, if we're not striving per, for perfection, then we're not striving for Jesus Christ because he is perfect and he commands us to be perfect like his son. And we will be walking in holiness if we crucify the flesh, which is what the gospel is. It's a crucifixion of the pride of life the lust of the eyes and the pleasures of life to give it up and go for the gospel and to pick up your cross and to follow him going to church once a week does not mean that you are saved attending a leading a bible study does not mean that you are saved or having a christian cross tattoo does not mean that you are saved Giving to the poor does not mean that you are saved. You have to give your whole will to God and obey Him. 
and give up all of your dreams and all of your desires and be it unto his will and let him lead you every day in what he wants you to do. And this is what the early church fathers did. And this is what the Lord Jesus Christ will expect out of his bride when he returns. The great deception has slowly happened to us. We have been boiled alive like the frog being boiled alive. And Christianity, where that word even came from, it's the way, it's following Yeshua and living as he lived on the Sermon on the Mount. The Lord's, oh sorry, the, um, the sinner's prayer is not in the Bible. You can say the sinner's prayer at church to accept the Lord, but it's not even so much an accepting, it's a repenting of your sins and allowing the Holy Spirit asking the Holy Spirit to convict you and to show you your sin and how it cost the Lord his life and how it's cost other people so much suffering, your sin, and to look at it and to grieve it and to loathe it and to hate it so much that you never want to do it again, that you repent and you're so grateful that the Lord has given you mercy and come to you and shown himself to you that you would be counted worthy to live a life of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is repentance on your knees, on your face before your holy God, your maker. And never do it again. And that is what allows the Lord to work this good work in you. So first repentance and then he fills you with himself, the Holy Spirit, and gives you a little job such as maybe maybe it's something nice, like baking cookies for your neighbor that was annoying you when they parked in front of your place. And that is going to be, that is um, nursery school. That is maybe drinking the milk for Christian. And then he's going to take you to um, forgive somebody that betrayed you. Maybe it wasn't a person that was so close. And then he will have you forgive um, the person that you loved the most that betrayed you. And then he's going to have you give up all of your material possessions. Because you cannot serve God and money. You cannot wake up thinking, what am I going to do today? Um, and I need to make money. If you're thinking about money on the back of your mind... Um, then you're you're not in God's kingdom. If you're thinking about money, I can tell you right now, you're serving it. You have to be thinking about how you are going to bless others and bring them into the kingdom of heaven so that they'll be saved. And you're not going to be thinking about that unless you've repented of your sins. Unless you've said, Lord, show me my sin. You know, that's not going to be your attitude. It's going to be about building your own kingdom. And that is what is so scary today, is so many people that go to church think that they are saved, but they are deceived because they didn't receive the love of the truth. And they have been lied to by the pastors that are telling them that all you have to do is be um, a nice person to your friends. 
That is not the gospel. The worst sinners are nice to their friends and family. The worst murderers love their family and friends. Uh, we are called to a much higher, the highest way of living, and that is the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. And that's the love that loves the Judas. You love the person that betrays you because you see them as God sees them, as valuable, as redeemable, as perfect in God's eyes. Meaning that with God, all things are possible and he will make every person perfect as long as they repent and get rid of their sins and stop doing it. <clears throat> okay, so we're talking about spiritual warfare and in order to grow in spiritual warfare, you've got to recognize the adversary that is after you every day. And the devil is one person, so it's not just going to be the devil himself, um, but he has legions and legions of demons that he sends out, and they have ranks to whisper lies into your head and to get you to believe them and follow them and do what they suggest compulsion if you're a person that is has compulsion that's demonic if it has to be this way that's control control is not godly it's love and any time that control overrides love which has a choice love always has a choice then it's no longer love, it's control. <clears throat> and control is an extension of fear and insecurity. And the devil is very fearful because he knows his time is short. But he lies to us because he twists the truth with a lie. So he'll give you a little half-truth, a truth with a lie, and make it seem like it could be good, but it's really going to lead you astray. I do say the best recipe for fighting the devil is, well, prayer, in Jesus' name, casting the devil out, and reading the Bible, because that will renew your mind. Be reading the Bible is, God, is Jesus in the Word, is God's Word, Jesus is the word in the flesh so re so reading the bible is reading it's like if well actually that's what the bible says you're having a feast of the lord so reading the bible and praying becoming aware of these spiritual entities around you that are trying to enter your house i've had um other attacks from the dark side as well and also I know when I can see in the spirit when angels are fighting for me and the prayers of a righteous person avail much so when you are living righteously before God putting on your spiritual armor then you are protected meaning those angels because angels and de demons operate in legalities so legally, if you are covered by the blood of Jesus Christ in all areas of your life, you are without 
sin, meaning that you're not disobeying God habitually in an area where your heart is rebellious. So if you are um, holy before the Lord, they cannot get to you. But if you leave a chink in your armor, if you leave a chink in your breastplate of righteousness and there's some unrighteousness getting in there, then you can be sure that you will be attacked spiritually. And they may enter through your wife, through your children, through your job. However, you will be attacked. And you don't want that. You want to be the one doing the attacking of the devil. So you have to be righteous. And the Lord is our righteousness. It's not our own righteousness. How we get that right breastplate of righteousness covered up is we repent of our sin. And we ask the Lord to cleanse us from all unrighteousness by his blood. And so that is the legality. Why we win victoriously against the adversary is because his blood is perfect and covers us from the penalty of sin. There's a moral law, and that law is eternal. And that is because it is perfect. What is good, what is righteous, what is truth, what is pure is love. And that is God. And what is defiled and what is evil and what is perverse is, and what is a distortion of the truth is of the devil. And so everything you see that is of the devil going on in this world is of his agenda. Now, in the spirit realm, the devil has been planning this last battle since the beginning of time here. And so we know that he has the court rounded up and he is leading through his spiritual entities the leaders of this world that are doing the globalist movement um, that will soon cancel out Christians and Jews that we will be persecuted in all nations. And this has to come in the tribulation to come. So... The tribulation to come is a seven-year period, where, which we are almost to very soon. I believe it will begin in, well, you know, I really don't know, because I really thought it was going to all begin in 2030 for the last quite a few years because of certain dates and timelines. Um, I think I've probably mentioned it a lot in the over the last few years during these podcasts because of the timeline of Jesus Christ being gone two days and a thousand years is a day and a day is a thousand years. And so his return will be precisely on the third on the dawn of the third day, which would be the new millennium precisely, which is a thousand year reign. But um, there might, and then for years, I'll just, I don't know, but for years I've written and talked about and thought and perceived Elon Musk of being the Antichrist because of his child um, child upbringing and his commitment at age 12 to start to save the world. And he's such a nice person that the whole world knows and follows. And he's so kind. And uh, he really 
bears a lot he bears the truths a lot of the truths of Jesus Christ so um, and he's very intelligent probably one of the most intelligent men in the world so I don't know if that's what's gonna happen but I could foresee him leading a peace treaty here and there being an offering of world peace um, of course I don't know but with everything going on with Israel and the whole world and this whole agenda that's always one side is satanic and one side is not as satanic but because this kingdom of God is not of this world, so his kingdom is not Republican or Democrat. Of course not. It's the Lord's kingdom or the devil's. And that's really, there's only two categories at the end of the day that you fall into. You're either on the Lord's side or you're on the devil's. And there's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. If, and broad, so that's why that's why I'm doing these messages because broad is the gate and so many Christians that are in this USA have no idea that they are not saved and I want I recently I don't know if I said it on the last podcast but shared something about the pastor's wife that died and went to hell and she thought she was saved but she was not forgiving and she went to hell just for being unforgiving because she was disobeying the lord so it's a very to get into heaven should we be scared if we are making it or not no because if you have the holy spirit and you're aligned with the lord and you talk to him and hear his voice then you know you're his and you and you know you're obeying him but if what I if you're not hearing his voice and obeying him then yeah you need to repent of your sins and get right with the holy lord because the time is very short it's very short and eternity is so long and hell is so much worse than your worst nightmare so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of the wisdom. And if you do not fear him and understand that he's the one that decides on judgment day where you spend eternity, if you obeyed him or not, then you really need to fear him and you need to be afraid of him. I'm afraid of him, but I am not afraid of him right now because I am sensing his peace and his love and knowing that... Um, <clears throat> He's with me, so it's very individual between you and God. And um, okay, so spiritual warfare—you've <laughs> got to renounce your sin in Jesus' name, and you've got to say, "I bind you in the name of Jesus, and I cast you out in the name of Jesus." to any demonic spirits that you sense are lying to you or hindering you or oppressing you with fear or depression, anxiety, phobias are all demonic spirits because they are... The Lord told us that fear is a spirit and all these fearful spirits 
that sees us can be cast out in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> so, ooh, God is good all the time. I don't know if Elon Musk is the Antichrist. I have thought for some while that it's us. Because we are all wanting our own image to be worshipped on social media. And vanity has become normalcy. And, for, you know, just even think, 20 years ago, people didn't take pictures of themselves in public. That would have been considered extremely vain and embarrassing. So, how far have we come? And where are we today? We are in blackness, spiritually speaking. But the light, there's little pockets of light all over the world and people that are choosing to love God and to love their enemy and bless those who persecute them in Jesus' name. So, God bless you and keep you. There was something else I was going to say, but I, I can't remember what it was, so maybe on the next episode. But I really do want to talk about biblical prophecy and the book of Revelation unfolding before our very eyes. Actually, the whole Bible, because the whole Bible is full of prophecy. From Genesis to Revelation, there is a story being told in a future story that is set to happen very soon when the kingdoms of this world become the Lord's. You see, oh yeah, that's what I was going to just mention. Okay, so briefly, um, this whole bit about us being zapped out of the air is a lie. That's not how it works as far as when Jesus returns. We're not just getting zapped out of here. They'll, those who are the Lord's, which I believe he will come in the middle of the tribulation in the middle of once that seven year peace period is made I believe he will come in the middle of that tribulation and he those that are his those that have his mark will be turned into one of him into his resurrected body he's the first fruits of all creation so those so when Jesus resurrected from the dead he's the first is what the Bible tells us the first of the living from the dead when he resurrected from Hades he was able to fly we know he went up into the clouds with the angels and he was able to um, walk through walls and he was able to teleport correct so we will be given a christ-like resurrected body when we when he returns and we will be we will meet him in the air and it will be the most glorious this is what the messiah and handel the the what is it the composer the lord was showing him was this very moment that all flesh will marvel at the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess 
because we will be made like him. We will all, and the sons of God will glory. And that is why Isaiah and the Lord Jesus Christ said, ye are gods. We will be sons and daughters, just like Jesus is the son of God, the king of all kings. We will be sons and we are sons and daughters of God now. But we will have our um, resurrected body. And all those that have died um, in the last, well, 6,000 years that have been serving him <clears throat> will be resurrected from the dead. And we will all glory together and meet the Lord on the air. And we will rule and reign with him in this world for a thousand years. So we have a thousand years as um, kings and queens, you know, to be ruling and reigning with him on the earth. And every knee will bow when he returns and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So that's the end of the story. And those, the Bible says in Isaiah that those that didn't choose him will be so frustrated because they didn't get eternal life and they will just have to live out the rest of their life and die without having eternal life and that the people that so we won't die because we will our bodies will be changed because we are chosen for such a time as this which is the most amazing thing that if you're alive and well today good chances are that you are chosen to be the one to meet the Lord in the air, to be, to live through this. And I do believe it's very, very soon. So, so don't feel bad because if things haven't been going well in your life lately, the good news is the Lord is on the return. So that's the ruling and reigning bit. <clears throat> And then we know that after a thousand years, Hades will give up the dead. So, God is so good. Oh, and we trust him in all things. And I would like to talk more about the return of Christ and how to be ready for it. Even if it's the midnight hour, it's not too late to get right with the Lord as he is on his way and will return soon. <laughs>